welcome to the second ever episode of Generation BTS, the podcast. I'm Christine, I'm 28 and I've been in ARMY for coming up to a year now and I'm here with Natasha. Hi, I'm Natasha, I'm 18 and I've been in ARMY for almost six years. Yay, and then my and other co-host. I'm Leanne, I'm 33 and I've been in ARMY for about four months. Just so you know, we are not experts on music, K-pop or BTS. We're just fans sharing our opinions on the boys. And please be aware, we do swear. So this week, as we said at the end of the last episode, we'll be talking about the first ever BTS album, which was Too Cool for School from 2013. And uh, we looked at the album. It only has about three sort of proper songs on it, and it's only about 20 minutes long. So we thought, actually, that might make for a really very short podcast. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, in the interest of of sort of talking for a little bit longer, we will also be adding three original songs from Wake Up, which is the Japanese album from the same era. It came out in 2015, so a couple years after, but it does have the part two of one of the songs that is already on Too Cool for School, which is called Like Part Two. So it kind of makes sense in that way. And I think that's sort of how we plan to move through the Japanese discography as we sort of move on, because I I didn't want to ignore them because the Japanese songs are some really nice songs. But yeah, it doesn't really make sense to do them as like their own separate episode, because a lot of it's just the Korean songs in Japanese. But what we will do is we will include the songs from Wake Up, the original songs from Wake Up in our award ceremony at the end of the episode. Yeah. But we will reserve the right to give Wake Up out of seven stars rating because we're going to do that when we get to the end of sort of school era or dark and wild so when we get to the point where the wake up album where we've covered is all the released, yeah, yeah then we'll grade wake up because it felt a bit harsh to grade wake up based on, on three, three songs. original songs yes so that's the setup Yeah, why don't we start by uh, sharing some general thoughts on how what it's been like to sort of live with this genre, this era for the last couple of weeks. How have you felt about it now? Okay, so for me it was a little bit more difficult than the Love Yourself era, which is where we started off with episode one, I think, because obviously they're very fresh and they're very young and the music's very, I'd say very different to the sort of BTS that I fell in love with and that I got to know. So yeah. at times it has been a little bit tough to spend as much time as we have with these sort of early albums but I've still been able to I've still enjoyed it and I've enjoyed sort of learning more about their roots and where they came from and and how it all sort of starts out so I think that the era has its place and but it hasn't been as enjoyable as it was when I was in the love yourself yeah yeah I mean it's always going to be I mean there's a there's an evolution right for them as artists that you know this is very much the starting point and we're uh, grateful for it because if it wasn't for this we wouldn't have them but at the same time they've got better with time I think we can safely say yes um and also they've sort of changed a lot of their concept and things like that with sort of how they've developed as well Natasha you are our oldest army although I, I don't think you were army when this came out is that right no do you have any general thoughts on this era? How'd you find spending time with it? Um, I quite like it, to be honest. It's yeah. very nostalgic. The songs that you can listen to, they are like iconic BTS songs. It's just great songs. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoyed spending time with the with the school era. 
maybe I'll feel that way after we've done the whole discography. We reserve the right to regret. Exactly, yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, we need the perspective of someone who's new to the material as well. That's the whole point. Um, right, so I think we'll do a little intro to the era. Now, obviously, because this is their first album, there's not that need to sort of put it in context within the discography. So I thought instead we could talk a little bit about where they sort of came from and how they ended up with this concept. So as a starting point, the uh, Big Hit website describes Too Cool for School as the debut album from the hip-hop group BTS. And although it sits within the school era, because it's called Too Cool for School, it's not sort of a school uniform concept like the next two school albums kind of are. So uh, so yeah, a school era is quite common in K-pop because the main demographic for the music, when they start out at least, usually is, is sort of teenagers and sort of school age. And also because a lot of the time they'll sign contracts with a uh, school uniform company to Aww. be models. Yeah, <laughs> the K-pop idols, they, uh, they make really good models. So uh, yeah, when I were in Korea, me and my dad got lost and we were just going past like shop after shop after shop just with like idols in window like bts ones they're at school uniform ones and then yeah it's quite a lot yeah that's why they do it because their idols are like usually quite attractive and like kind of young in age so they make good school uniform models but yeah anyway um according to the big hit website the uh, new hip-hop group bts were going to offer a uh, fresh new take on 90s hip-hop and a bold new message so that's sort of what they were trying to do with this album the album was released as a single uh, with BTS flexing their musical prowess by taking part in creating the lyrics and music for every song on the album. The blurb talks about how hip hop is genuine music for telling one's own story. So the members rap about their own emotions and experiences, which we can sort of hear when we get into the lyrics. This is clearly something that was uh, was important for, for Big Hit to get out there, that the members were sort of directly involved with the, the making of the music. The reason for that is because of this way that idol music and and hip-hop as a genre don't really sort of traditionally tend to fit together. One is is sort of based on being uh, rooted in sort of authenticity and the message being sort of important to the the person who's displaying the music, and the other one is is sort of traditionally maybe not so much that. Um, Is hip-hop the one that's rooted in their own message? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was difficult for BTS at the start to find a home within the sort of existing structures in Korean music because they had a a sort of a hip-hop scene Mm -hmm. with, like, rappers, and then they had an idol scene where, like, the sort of produced K-pop bands existed and they sort of didn't tend to interact, really. So um, as a sort of hip-hop idol group, they kind of were sort of caught in between those two genres and they got criticized by the underground rap community because they said that they weren't real rappers quote unquote uh because they danced and they wore makeup etc and the outer community were criticizing them as well for not being sort of pretty enough polished enough and sort of not fitting in with the concept of a traditional k-pop group so uh so yeah tough times (laughs) yeah they belong nowhere exactly they had a bit of an interesting concept. It wasn't very sort of something that you'd normally see on TV. They kind of came off as like delinquent youths in the mm-hmm. first few music videos. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, the fashion was a bit strange, maybe, <laughs> as we can see. And also we have a big disadvantage of being from a small company. So if you didn't know, the there are sort of three big record companies in Korea. 
and they sort of traditionally dominated the industry. So BTS actually only debuted because another performer cancelled their slot, and they often struggled to get on music shows and had their performances cancelled or shortened. So the reason why the concept of a hip-hop idol is a little bit difficult is because, like I said, it uses two opposing ideas. So hip-hop as a genre, according to my um, the book that I read, which is by Kim Young-dae, and it's called BTS The Review. And it says that hip-hop came as a, out as a genre from the inner-city ghettos of New York City in the uh, 70s, and it rose to the mainstream while sort of being used to express the views of those living in those underprivileged and minority areas. And there was big emphasis on authenticity, keeping it real and not being fake. Uh, yeah, it sounds really white nice. when I said that. Yeah, I'm very nice. yeah exactly. Yeah. You have to keep it real. You keep it real. Yeah. Um, and like, obviously, to keep it real, you have to have your self-written and self-produced beats and, and lyrics, because um, otherwise it's not real. Whereas idol music is sort of fundamentally based on the labels and producers having the control and taking charge of the music production. And, you know, they train the idol groups and produce those sort of catchy and easy to listen to music. And it isn't really a problem that the members aren't involved with the music production because that's not their job, really. It's kind of like asking an actor, like, why didn't you write your own script? Mm. Yeah. So that wasn't really what they were there to do. So yeah, that's sort of how they're, how the two sort of ideas are kind of opposed. So um, there were idol groups before that had rappers in them, but the rappers were always sort of secondary to the singers. Mm-hmm. So BTS then stood out because they sort of took on hip hop as their identity rather than sort of just having a rapper there that was there because maybe they didn't sing that well or maybe they were just quite pretty and maybe they danced well but couldn't sing and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I think you can see from these these songs that we're going to talk about that there's a lot of focus on the rappers. Like a lot of the time, the rappers will have a, a verse each, and then the vocal line will sort of take turns doing the chorus. Yeah, there was no big vocal line moments. No, and they obviously sort of use explicit lyrics and self-written mm-hmm. lyrics. And there's lots of swearing. Yeah, quite uncommon. And then they write their own beats, focus on sort of authentic messages and messages that are, are relatable to their target audience. So like all the sort of, yeah, exactly. Follow your dreams and get out of school and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, for a genre like hip hop, especially like an, an old school and US inspired take as the one that BTS were going for, it would have seemed quite strange for rappers and not to have written the lyrics themselves and sort of be like passionately rapping about lyrics that they'd hadn't come up with yeah yeah i think um but yeah anyway in the book they sort of say that this is may might be one of the the big reasons why bts have managed to sort of stand out to a western audience because of the authenticity of their message and how that matters to us more than it matters to the sort of traditional k-pop fan base so yeah um and also since it's the um first album i thought we'd talk a little bit about how the group was formed so initially they were a rap trio and it was uh it's it's quite hard to sort of research this because there aren't a load of good sources but originally the group was meant to have seven members including rm sugar and j-hope but with four other rappers instead of the current vocal line seven rappers seven rappers yeah seven rapper group yeah that's according to the internet that's i'm not 100 percent on that but that's a lot of rappers do you know any other groups in that have seven rappers? No, they were new. They were going to be a hip-hop idol group. It was the first, one of a kind. 
the first one. Anyway, they were meant to debut as just Bangtan or shortened BPB in 2011. And we don't really know why they didn't. But um, well, RM was the first member. He had made a name for himself as a rapper in on the underground scene known as Runch Ronda. Fun. Yeah. Stick with that. <laughs> Great name. It would have been uh, <laughs> Yeah, no. And then, yeah, he joined Big Hit after the producer P Dog heard his music, showed it to Banky D, and they invited him for an audition. So he was kind of scouted and kind of auditioned. So he joined around May 2010, and then another member called Iron joined soon after that. Sugar then came in, he auditioned at an open call in August of 2010, and his performance was uploaded to a televised platform for people to vote, and he got first place. Well done. Is that the one of the recordings that we've seen where he watches it back? Yes, yeah. I, I thought he was quite good, and he's like, he cringes out of his mind. He's when very he swaggy. Yeah, but he, uh, he was good enough to get first place, so, you know, he did something right. And then they had this, like, final stage where he didn't actually win. But they thought he was good enough that they still signed him. So uh, that was good. Well done, Sugar. And one of the other previous members was Supreme Boy, who obviously works with them now as the uh, producer. Mm-hmm. It's unclear why some of these rappers sort of didn't end up with the final bad. I think most of them sort of dropped out as they went on. But yeah. Um, and then J-Hope auditioned as a dancer for a, a couple of companies and was accepted by Big Hit in December of 2010. And then over the next few years, some of the uh, other rappers left, as I said. And then Jin was scouted on the street for his good looks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was an acting student. Um, And then Jungkook joined around the same time in summer of 2011 after having been scouted when he auditioned for a talent show. And he didn't make it past the first round of the talent show. But a lot of companies apparently saw it and sort of spotted something in him, including Big Hit. And famously, he joined Big Hit because of RM. He really sort of looked up to him. So that's... uh, that's why he chose the the smallest company. And then V joined after having uh, come with his friend to audition in mm. his hometown. Um, and he was only really there to support him. But one of the staff members sort of noticed him and asked if he could audition as well. Because he was, uh, again, he was pretty. Um, and he was actually the only one to pass that day. And he moved into the big hit dorms in the autumn of 2011. And then finally, Jimin joined in the early parts of 2012 after having auditioned again as a dancer. And uh, I think he was recommended that to audition by one of the teachers at his old dance academy. So, um, so yeah, that's how they all joined. I found all of this information on this old Reddit post that someone <laughs> had done a lot of research into. She sort of referred to a lot of different videos and like, oh, and Arm said this in his rap lyrics about there being nine trainees at this point in time and blah, blah, blah. It seemed very well researched. So I thought it was legitimate, but maybe I'll, I'll link that for anyone who has a special interest in the, in the before times. Mm. But yeah, anyway, enough background. Shall we uh, move on to actually discussing the album? So uh, we're here to talk about Too Cool for School. So Too Cool for School was released on the 12th of June, 2013, on Natasha's birthday. How old would you have been at the time, Natasha? Ten. Ten! Ten. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That makes me feel old. Right. How old would you have been in 2013? I would have been... Well, when this came out, I would have been 19. But I, yeah, I was about to turn 20, about to start uni. So, yeah, so it's a long I time ago. 24. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Right, so the first song on the album is Intro, Too Cool for School, which is produced by Supreme Boy. And not a lot goes on in this, to be honest. It was the debut trailer that they used. It was published on YouTube on the 27th of May, 2013. It's about 20 days before, Mm -hmm. before debut. And it was produced by this guy DJ Frizz with Supreme Boy um, and he's a South Korean hip-hop and electronica artist. The lyrics that RMs as in Korean says teenagers in their 10s and 20s let's talk about it easily. DJ Frizz um, also works closely with Epic High and actually the opening part which is also in Ego um, it's actually a sample from Epic High's I think it might be the debut song. Oh that's cool. Yeah, there is like a lot of like mention of Epic High and a lot of things that BTS do. So you can see that it is a big influence. And then, like, most people today, if they heard BTS's songs, they're just like, oh, that's from BTS's first song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, actually, it's actually from a totally different artist, which was very hot in Korea around that time. Yeah, so Epic High are like a Korean hip hop group, but not an idol group. They're Mm. just like three rappers. Right, should we move on to uh, We Are Bulletproof Part 2? Yeah. So, We Are Bulletproof Part 2, written by RM, Sugar J-Hope, P-Dog, and Hitman Bang, and Supreme Boy, and uh, it was produced by P-Dog. Now, why is it Part 2? Is there a Part 1? Does anyone know the answer? There is! Yay, Part 1 exists. So yeah, Part 1 was performed by RM, Supreme Boy, and Iron before the current BTS were formed, and they... Current band performed an adapted version at the 2015 Festa, which is the one that we watched mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they in the song they basically kind of just talk about their own skills and like throw shade at other hater rappers. That's sort of the gist of the song. Wouldn't go into it as much much more than that. But there's a lot of the a lot of the like you're just this and this, and we're much better because we're this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, seems to be what they're trying to get at. One of the really cool lyrics in We Are Bulletproof Part 1 is the lyric that comes from VE, which is quite a silly one, which goes, you drew a dragon on your body, but are you sure you aren't a gangster? But I'm Neutrogena, deep clean, just come out as form. It's <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah, that was uh, a highlight. I like that one too. Right. I think we've given Part 1 the time it deserves. Should we move on to Part 2? So it's in the style of sort of old school hip hop, I think you could say. And the lyrics describe the prejudice and misunderstanding they faced since trainee days. So yeah, what did you think about this one there? I like it. I think it's, it obviously starts with RM. Yeah. So he opens strong. I think they're quite angry in a way that I'm not used to seeing them. Yeah. I noted that JK doesn't sing at all. JK just raps. Yeah. And I think it really, from the from the focus and the read of the lyrics, in particular some of JK's lyrics, they're about, you know, staying up all night, practicing yes. all night, being desperate to debut, sacrificing, partying to to train. Um, and I think that was sort of the really sort of area that, that sits. You can tell that that's where they're at and that, if anything, they're really hungry. Yeah. really hungry to debut and to become this band and form yeah yeah definitely yeah like you said Junker talks about how he uh, has given up basically like his youth and his sleeping and, and partying 
Sugar talks about the same sort of thing. He says, he, I spent all night holding a pen, closing my eyes only after the morning sun rises. So he'd like pull all nighters to write music, Ooh. basically. Yeah, poor little Sugar. Um, RM fully owns the Rat Monster oh, yeah. title at this stage. Yeah. Like, like Rat Monster says, just like a monster, I devour any kind of beat. Yeah. I deserve to have my name. I especially enjoy when he comes in and he goes, Rat Monster. <laughs> 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 and he like pushes everyone else aside. It's great. <laughs> That's my favorite bit of the song. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Sugar also did, does talk about what we had talked about at the start, which is when he goes on about rappers who, uh, well, idol rappers who rap because they can't sing. Such a waste mm. to call you a rapper. So clearly, they're on they're on the beat with that. And then the chorus, I think they talk about. Dimon says, "Throw a stone at me if you've done as much oh. as I did." So a nice Bible reference there. And J-Hope talks about how he still has a way to go in his trainee and rapper skills. And uh, yeah, I think that's sort of all we need to say about the lyrics. Do you have any thoughts about the lyrics, Natasha? Chongguk's like iconic, like, um, my name is Chongguk, the worldwide scale. It like rhymes and stuff. Yeah, I think it's, his name kind of sounds like their word for worldwide, doesn't it? Think- yeah, there's like a a syllable or something that's changed yeah yeah I quite like that too uh, I really like his little rap his little rapper JK moment mm-hmm. we, we don't get too many of them so I think we need to appreciate them while they're here um, and it's interesting you can go from that and you can say JK started off as a rapper yeah yeah exactly yeah he wasn't like rap blind he was always dance line but yeah he's obviously like multi-talented isn't he so yeah it's hard to sort of pigeonhole him into one of the um the lines lines yes that's the it goes word. in all lines it goes in all the lines right should we talk about, the, talk about uh, the video the video <laughs> <laughs> the on the video my first point that i wrote down was the ot7 ad reveal I yes <laughs> there was a point in time when all of them pulled their shirts up and showed up there some child's Abs. Yeah, we need to disclaimer about the abs that says JK's 15. Yeah, JK's 15, Tay and Jimin are 17. 17. Our, our age, Western age, but still. Um, yeah, so kind of inappropriate to sort of look back on now, but I'm sure for the people <laughs> who were there at the moment, it was an exciting time. So, uh, so yeah. And you don't get it again. No, no, they never they do, don't it again. do it again. No, it's the only time that you can see some of their abs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I wrote about how they sort of mimic throwing a stone in the chorus. That mm-hmm. was fun. And then there's quite a bit of body and shoulder rolling um, going mm-hmm. on. So, yeah, and a lot of the sort of pistol. Quick, click, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, all of them. We're, we're doing the We're, we're doing the, uh, the, the pistol fingers, but, yeah, you can't see us. I mean, another one that's cool is when Hobie comes in and he goes, look at my profile, and they all, like, jump away yeah. so that you can see his profile. And yeah, again, my love for the bit where Arm comes in and goes, pushes everyone out of the way and goes, Rah, monster! <laughs> That's a good day. Yeah, I like it. Oh, we should talk about the fact that Aram's wearing the sunglasses. Oh, yeah! And he wears them for like the first six months. Yeah, he wears sunglasses in all their first few videos and he's not allowed to take them off in all their first performances and stuff. It's... It's they, a look. Say, they say it's simultaneously to like keep him secret, but also we've read that it's because... They said that he was too ugly. Yeah, no. That sunglasses, that it was, I don't know, it was a vibe. Maybe they were just going for a hip-hop style. But the issue is that he wasn't allowed to take them off, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, anyway, we've moved past that and he's uh, he's a beautiful boy. Similar lit to J-Hope with a mask. Oh, with the, the muzzle. muzzle. Yeah. Mask is not muzzle. the right one. Muzzle no, it's a muzzle. Right and it has spikes on and it's quite scary. And then at the end of the video, they oh, all... and you get Jimin's arms. Oh, yeah. You get the full yeah. profile of these, like, baby guns. Baby, Jimin's baby guns, <laughs> Jimin's yes. Jimin's baby guns, and he only wears vests the whole time. Uh, so if we're going to talk about the the performance in the music video, we need to talk about Jin. Oh, and yeah. And how handsome Jin is. Jin's very handsome. Jin, Jin yeah. Jin. The, the only saviour. Although I will maintain my half take that Sugar's very attractive yeah. to me in this era. He's a bronze baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been watching this YouTuber called Squishy Minyoungi and we love her. And uh, she has a guide to the No More Dream era. And, uh, yeah, she talks about Sugar being a bronze baby because he's quite like contoured in this era. And we, I, I fully agree. She's right. Yeah, she is right. Sugar's he's got a hard contour. He's a, he's a bronze baby for sure, yeah. Um, right, I think we, we can't really leave um, We Are Bulletproof behind without talking about the uh, Dan solos at the end. Oh, yes. So uh, first we get one from Hobie, which is, has a lot of the like popping and locking and, and things that he's good at. Yeah. Um, and then we get the spectacular jump. It's the, the, it's the flip, but yeah. also the drop of Hobie, right? So yeah. Hobie drops to the floor as Jimin jumps over him and it's all very dramatic. Mm. And if you slow it down, it looks really cool because their faces are like, over each other yeah and then yeah jimin has his hat on that when he finishes his little dance he throws the hat to jk and then we get the impeccable hat dance it's so tight and so cute yeah the choreo in this is some of the tightest choreo that i've seen yeah they're always they're so sharp you can tell Mm -hmm. them they practice and practice and practice and practice yeah any comments on the choreo no no. How do you feel about JK's hat dance? Do you not think it's the yeah. sexiest thing you've ever seen? Um, well, I love it. <laughs> I like that he still does it. Like when they've, they've performed Real Bulletproof recently, JK will still do the hat dance. Mm. So that's quite cute. And Jimin and Hobie still do the big flip. The big flip, even, yeah, exactly. Even now. Yeah, they're like older. Yeah, so it must be harder. But anyway. Right, should we call it there for uh, we are we are bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Um, the next track on the album is a skit called Circle Room Talk. It's also produced by P Dog, and it's set in sort of a school hip hop club. Basically, they're all in school together in this scenario, and they decide to skip class and just talk about their childhood and their dreams, basically. Th- and this one is actually the one where they talk about Epic High. So. Um, there's a song called Fly by Epic High and Arm and Sugar both say in the skit that they started rapping after hearing this song and they're like, oh, this song is the best song ever and like, it's so cool and so cool, blah, blah, blah. And Sugar talks about how he wore a white shirt and a red tie uh, because that was what the group were wearing on the cover of the album. So Aww, very sweet. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. J-Hope talks about his, his dream being dancing this was the start of Tay being a saxophonist. Yeah. Yeah, that was his dream. And he played for three years and he stopped because his mouth was hurting. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure his mouth hurts a lot. Now. Yeah, it, was, it hurt a lot, yeah. And then uh, Jin wanted to leave for work at 7am and come back at 6pm when his wife had cooked dinner. Jin. <laughs> Very precious. And then Jungkook can't remember his dream. Yeah, and it's then... classic JK. Yeah. <laughs> Comes but... to JK and he's forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> 
And also, he's like, he's so young. He decided, might not have had a dream. No, he might not have decided that. Bless him. He did audition for the show, though. Surely, like, that was along the lines of what he wanted to do. But anyway. And then the teacher comes, and then he sends them to class. So, yeah, that's that skit. It's cute. It is I cute. I like it. Yeah. It's reminiscent of some of the American interviews for me. When you're starting to watch the American interviews here, and you mm-hmm. find out their backstory, and you're sort of slowly becoming endeared to them. Yeah. It's, it was really nice to see that they were doing that even in their debut in Korean for the Korean market. So they really like led with who they are, right? So it would have been very easy for Jin, for them to put out the skit with Jin saying, oh yeah, I always wanted to be a a vocalist or, you know, a a dancer in a idol group. It would have been very easy for them to give unauthentic answers that would feed into their character. And they didn't, they gave just, literally what they were thinking and what they were saying so I think that I, I enjoyed that they were still sharing those parts of themselves yeah really really early on yeah yeah yeah. I mean it's the thing about them choosing hip-hop right it's the authenticity that they had from the start so yeah should we move on to uh the uh, big title track or the uh the debut track no more dream so this is the main sort of single from the album it was written by RM Sugar, J-Hope, P-Dog, Hitman Bang, Supreme Boy, and it was produced by P-Dog. So yeah, any initial thoughts on No More Dream? No More Dream's a banger. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it lives in that hip-hop genre, but it's got a really strong sort of chorus, really strong drop. It's got some strong lyrics in. I really enjoy No More Dream. And again, stats of RM, so RM opens, RM fronts. <laughs> Not a bad day. Yeah. And it comes right after the dream skit, which I thought was interesting because it talks a lot about like young people thinking about what their dreams are. Mm -hmm. But there's a sort of duality where they sort of talk about how all this pressure that's on young people to dream big. But they also sort of give off the uh, idea that it's okay for young people not to sort of know what they want to be at this point because they keep going on. What's your dream? What's your dream? What's your dream? Is that it? And that's sort of mimicking adults trying to like constantly ask people, like, is your dream to be a lawyer or a doctor or like, which dream do you have, basically? And I think Sugar says something in his verse where he goes, some survey show that the biggest dream was to be like a government employee, like really? And obviously he has his, uh, I want a big house, big cars, big rings, but actually I don't have any big dreams. Mm. Uh, opening line which also sort of leads on to that i really like the the jk lines about you said you don't want to study so why haven't you dropped out you say you don't want to be in school but you're too afraid to drop out to drop out and now you're on your way to school yeah (laughs) Uh, which i think would be really interesting for someone who was 15 still going to school yeah it's obviously good for young people to stay in school but like not everyone's path is going to be education i think their society is probably more sort of school heavy than ours the there's something that jayop mentions it mentions in his verse called yaya which is yeah or yaja i think it might be pronounced which is where schools have sort of imposed self-study after school finishes they either do it at their own school or you can go to like separate schools to do this it's not like if you choose to be there to like do your homework or whatever you kind of like have to stay Mm. and do more school work after school finishes and he says, sort of, throw a fastball towards self-study. That's a waste of time. Oh, so, wow. uh, yeah, he's not keen, on the, not keen on that. So, yeah, I think that's what they're sort of trying to get out, that people need to do what makes them happy and not just what's expected of them by society and, and their parents, etc. Uh, there was a, 
a uh, interview with RM where he said that he definitely didn't know what he wanted to do in middle school. And he was just, you know, a student that studies hard, even though they don't have a dream. And that's sort of what they were trying to get at. I was going to talk about doing well in school and that it's like ingrained even onto like work. So obviously in like people that I've looked at on internet, they'll say the day ends at five. Most people will stop till nine and that's not getting paid till nine. That's just keep going and keep going just for everyone, you know, like society, what they expect on you. And, but then obviously as most people that I watch is like a foreigner going, I'll, I'll work as hard as I can in my hours and give you all I've got, but then I won't willingly choose to do an extra, like, four hours just, like... Every day, just to, yeah, just to prove myself. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting. <laughs> wow, yeah. The, yeah. No, it isn't. This one is interesting. Okay. It is interesting when you think about it, because there's a kickback against putting too many hours into schooling, right, and not mm-hmm. having any spare time to pursue the things that you like and pursue who you are Hmm. and that really conflicts against this concept of working hard yeah the concept of working hard and putting in the hours and putting in the time and working hard to achieve something is core to the group yeah so you're getting this sort of dichotomy of views right I don't want to work hard at things that I don't love but things that I do love I'm willing to give it the 15 20 hour days yeah, I think, I guess what they're getting at is that, like, all of your hard work shouldn't be reserved for what your parents and what just overall society and the school wants from you. Mm. There should be some energy and, and time to work hard left for what you want to do. Mm. And if you don't know what that is, then you should be allowed some time to figure it out. Mm. But it doesn't erode the work ethic. Not it's not about not working hard. It's, it's about, not about not working hard, yeah. yeah. Whereas I think initially the kickback on school and schooling mm. can feel like it's about not working hard yeah. when actually it's not. It's about having the time to find the thing that you want to work hard yeah. on or that is worthwhile to spend your life on. Yeah, exactly. And at the end, RM dedicates the song to all the youngsters without dreams. And yeah, I guess they're just going back to the the idea that it's okay to not have a big dream and not need no need to sort of make one up just to please society and your your parents and or teachers so uh so yeah i think that's the the message of the song really beautiful message it is yeah very uh, very encouraging and uh you know critical of society which is what they're there to do in their uh in their sort of hip-hop vibe so uh so yeah we can talk about the choreo for a bit there are abs here again from jimin Jimin. 17 year old jimin abs there there's a lot of them there's a lot of them yeah exactly he's um He's fronting a lot, isn't he? He does. Jimin fronts a lot in this era. Mm. The other one I had written down was the bit where JK lifts Jimin oh, to sort of run across the backs of the members and sometimes several backup dancers as well, which looks quite painful, I must say. Mm. Not for Jimin, but for <laughs> for the people who's walking across. For everyone getting kicked. Yeah. I think as the Jungle's got to at least all most of his weight, so then it's like, it's a fake kick. Mm. yeah yeah so really when you're like oh the back's nah Chongguk's arms like Jimin's not a baby like he might be shortest but he's still a, a man he's probably Ripped. the most muscular at the time right so he'll be the 
Maybe if not the heaviest, because he's I'm not as tall as I am, but he'll be in the heavier bracket. I've never worried about JK's arms and JK's ability <laughs> really? when watching that yeah, really. Now, it's all JK. I'll, yeah. I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, well, what's this? Yeah, the people who's running across. I think it's cool in the music video when they do it and in the other performances, but it's definitely, they definitely grow it, right? As they grow over time with more dancers and the run gets longer and longer and longer, which sort of shows that the progression of their ability and probably the amount of haters that they've kicked down. <laughs> yeah, true. I never thought of it like that. It's a good oh, metaphor. Yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a bit at the start where sort of Tay sits down on all four and then Sugar sits on him. And then at the end, in the second verse that Sugar does, he sort of puts the nerdy glasses on and then Sugar does a thing where he like shoots him and then Tay like whips his head so the glasses fly off him. Well, they, they should do. I think in the, it's in the debut performance where they don't they actually. Don't, yeah. yeah. And then there's a lot of like thumbs down in it where they sort of go for like a little square step and then they go like thumbs down so yeah it's a it's a powerful dance there are obviously quite a lot of performances of no more dream um, mm. they've done it loads obviously like around the time when they debuted but also recently so they did it at the um map of the soul performance in 2020 mm-hmm. done it at quite a few masters i think and as we talked about the you never get to see the OT7 ab reveal oh, yeah. when they're older. You do, Jimin stops. So Jimin, Jimin didn't stops. do the No More Dream ab reveal in the Map of the Soul performance either. Yeah. But there is the No More Dream from 2016 in Japan where oh, Jimin yeah. does the ab reveal. So you're getting not baby Jimin. But the ab reveal. But you're getting the ab reveal. So yeah. we will link that one and we would highly recommend that one. It's and there. it is glorious. And it's also non, well, less creepy. It's less creepy because he's creepy. much older. He's much yeah, older. he's not a minor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to Yeah, it's all right. Lick we, can, uh, we can lick them in peace. I said lick. Yeah, <laughs> I said lick out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should we, anyone have anything else to say about No More Dream? No? No. No? All right. Let's move on. So next track is an interlude. It is produced by Slow Rabbit. It's an, like an all-instrumental track, so there isn't too much to say about it, to be honest. But it sort of functions as a bit of an intro for the next track, which is also by Slow Rabbit. I think that's sort of the function it has on the album. Anyone have any thoughts on the interlude? It's okay. It's just to change the mood. And it is how they use skits throughout, isn't it? We've seen that in Love Yourself Her, where they use the skits to show a change in yeah, genre. Yeah, this is an, an interlude, not a skit, but yeah. And like know. a little, little, little pause. You get a break. Yeah, a little break. A little break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it, actually. It probably sort of leads us into the slower song of the album, which is Like, also produced by Slow Rabbit. And it was written by RM Sugar and J Hope with Slow Rabbit. And it's an uh, more of an R and B style track, I'd say, whereas the other two are more sort of explosive hip hop rap style tracks. Whereas this one, yeah, this one is more R and B. It's about seeing your ex move on on social media. Um, <laughs> 
Sia in Arms Verse, he says, on every picture you post, a guy I've never seen before likes it. <gasps> and he's annoyed at the 30-something other guys that like and comment on this girl's photos and feels like he's just one of the guys who's like in her photo now, basically, whereas he used to be the boyfriend. And uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden he goes, fuck that, all stupid bitches. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, that's an example of the uh, explicit lyrics that we were talking about, although it is bleeped on the album, I must say. Yeah, and then at the end, of the, he's like going back and forth about whether to like the photo, basically. And then at the end of the verse, he goes, and again, today I click like, shit. That's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. I've all been there. Exactly. Yeah. I've been there. And maybe back then you couldn't unlike. Yeah, but then even if you're on live, they still get the notification. Then. So, mm. well, I don't know. If we I don't think they do anymore, but I think they used to. Not on Facebook, but on Instagram you do. You still get told yeah. that someone liked it. Mm. Well, I think it depends on your settings. We move on to the chorus. Chorus goes, after we broke up, you look better, pretty woman. So uh, I guess it's about wanting what you no longer have or what you can't have anymore. And then we go on to Sugar's verse. And he again, he says sugar at the start of his words. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't whisper at this time. Not really in his whispering era yet. No, no, he's not got that far. And he says, similar way, and he says, your face looks better after my friend likes your photo. The girl is now tagging photos with her new boyfriend, and that makes him sort of reminisce over their time. And he has one line that's quite dramatic, uh, where he goes, again, he's thinking about whether to like the photo, and he goes, you cut me out like a guillotine. That's dramatic. But he still checks up on her life every day and wonders if she thinks of him. Um, and then he decides not to like the photo. Yeah, I'm proud of Sugar in that. Yeah, he, he does well. Because <laughs> you, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to sort of show that you're the one that's still thinking about them, I suppose. Yeah. Two sides to that coin, right? So Aaron likes it and regrets it, but he doesn't take the like away, whereas Sugar decides not to like it. Yeah. Maybe she's noticed that he's, maybe the girl's noticed that Aaron's liked it. Mm. And that has put him back at the forefront of her mind, whereas Sugar's almost taken himself out of the picture. Yeah, but the, she'll she never has, notice him. She has a new boyfriend now. And then, yeah, I hope he kind of just gets to do the uh, the little bridge at the end where he goes, are you doing well these days? I got curious and see that the likes are shining. So he's gone to check on her photo and it's got loads of likes, basically. She is living well. And yeah, that's the song. And then they go back into the chorus. And uh, yeah, I haven't made too many notes on the choreo. Does anyone have any thoughts on, on that? I think there is choreo with it. There is choreo. The yeah. choreo is quite hippie. There's like the little like body roll, like slow sensual rolls. A thing that comes to mind would be Tongu like skipping as he's singing it. Oh yeah, okay. like, perfect vocals, and then Tia coming in and like beating him up. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the <laughs> the Armypedia yeah. performance for Tay's angry and Jungkook's all like floaty and lovey dovey, and then he comes in and he kind of does the like hip hop arm thing. Like mm. I don't know if he's just trying to be a rapper because you know Tay tries to be a rapper all the time. He wants to be on the side. He, he does, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's what he's doing or if someone's wronged him uh, secretly, but uh, yeah, we don't know. He kind of only does it for that one part. He sings the whole song and he's fine because I've studied this. <laughs> obviously just trying to find out what's wrong with him uh, but, uh, but yeah he seems happy at first and then he comes in to do that little bit where he sort of sings pretty woman and then he's all angry any other thoughts the only thought i had was the this is a similar song to some of the songs from love yourself in particular out for her yeah. where with just the english lyrics mm. it 
seems like a nice, happy song. You know, I want to be cool for you. You're so pretty. It's yeah, this really yeah. nice, pretty choreo. And then you read the lyrics and actually they're, they're annoyed. Yeah. They're annoyed <laughs> that you're so pretty. And they're annoyed that you're, they want to be cool to win you back. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Whereas when I obviously listened to it without the lyrics behind it, I just thought it was a nice, like, cutesy, you're so cute song. And it isn't. It's not about that at all. I thought that was quite interesting where you're getting, like, two reads of the song with just the English lyrics. And then the, when you've got the translation, yeah. the English lyrics side by side. It's about them being jealous, not them being, like, happy and lovey-dovey. Right, are we happy with like? Yes. The only thing I've got on like is that it's really nice to get some proper vocals. Yeah. So the rappers are there, but the rapping is softer and shorter. So you, it's not one line for the vocal line. It's not two lines that they're repeating. They get yeah. a little bit longer and you get a bit more variety. I thought it was interesting that it still sat within that single. When I listened to it through, I thought I'd got to the next album. Right. So I thought I'd got to wake up and I was like, oh, this is two like really strong hip hop songs and then a really sort of soft R&B pop song. What's that doing on there? Yeah. And I wondered if I was just thinking about maybe if Like would be in the debut, what that what that would have felt like and what what sort of message that would have sent yeah about the sort of band that they were going to be because it was still in there they still had indications that they were going to go more pop yeah more r&b because they'd obviously recorded it i think what it said to me was like our two sort of lead singles that that they did the music videos for and obviously number dream being, being the lead single and sort of we are bulletproof part two being the b-side i sort of saw that as like this is what we want to lead with we're going to be this like new striking new thing that's this hip-hop idol but also we are a boy band we have to actually also have a song about how much we like girls <laughs> so yeah i mean i guess it's uh sort of trying to combine the two ideas of hip-hop boy band i thought yeah. in in one album it does a good job it does it's a nice break from the sort of bravado of the first two i think so uh, yeah happy it's there and i think when we watched the performance of it around that debut era yeah I I said to you oh they they are performing yeah like because you can really see that they really bring that softness when they get to like even though they're still wearing the super swaggy hip-hop fit Versace outfits they're still doing this really soft choreo um and soft vocals and doing the little eyebrow raises so it was really nice to to see that almost that duality within the group right Mm -hmm and across the singers at an early stage so I think it really showed a lot of range that I didn't expect to see yeah having watched the first two and listened to the first two originally I think you said this when we watched it but you sort of said like it's nice to know that they're not actually this angry like you know (laughs) in the other two music videos they're very like this is like even though they're talking about dreams and like they're very sort of trying to show off how angry they are in those two songs. But they're not actually angry because they they're, uh, they're like happy performing. to have a, a lovely time when they do like. So that's nice. So yeah, should we move on to the outro? Which secretly is not the outro. There's two more songs. This is another <gasps> one where there's hidden tracks. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the outro is Circle Room Cypher. And all the members have credits on this. This is like a freestyle rap battle. But it was produced by P-Dog. I guess it's sort of a foreshadow for the cypher series. Um, traditionally in hip hop, a cypher is a freestyle circle, which in this case is, is it is what it is. But uh, in the later cyphers, obviously they don't freestyle. 
so yeah they all do their their little uh, freestyle rap bit including some uh, some nice charming attempts from Jin and Jimin. Uh, not really <laughs> their vibe, but uh, but they do it anyway. The school day is over. They're all hungry. And then Sugar says he wrote a killer beat. And then, um, yeah, they're in the band. So they're all like, oh, no, we record every day. And then Sugar's like, oh, no, we're, we're going to do a, a cypher. And then he goes first with his verse and they all sort of talk about their own skills. So he says, I tease my tongue this way and that way over this beat. And then he goes on to say, our music makes women cry. Um, and I'm guessing... <laughs> the word cry, It's The word is cry, yeah. But I'm guessing he means in a, in a good way. Like, cry out of excitement. Cry out of joy, yes. Yeah. And then RM comes in, and he does this little reference, which I thought was cool, where he says, I'm a cool boy, I'm a nice boy, which apparently is a reference to Girls' Generation's I Got a Boy, where oh. the chorus goes, I got a cool boy, I got a nice boy. And that actually is also one of the ones that I did from my K-pop dance class at uni. So I know that song. Fun. And uh, yeah, can can confirm it's, a, it's the same sort of words that they use. It was actually kind of interesting because it's very, like the cypher obviously is like a traditional hip-hop thing, but he's using his verse to refer to something very traditionally K-pop. Ooh. So he sort of kind of brings them together in that one line. Genius boy. Genius boy, boy exactly. <laughs> That's enough brain. <laughs> that sexy brain. And then he goes on to say, you can do rap, I do it well. So to the like existing K-pop rappers mm-hmm. to say, you know, like, yes, other K-pop bands have rappers, but they're not super good. And then he talks about comparing the haters to Pompeii. And he follows up with, you just erupted, cover up those mountains. So <laughs> <But> that was, <laughs> it was a weird reference. Mm. I Mm. he makes it anyway it's freestyle so what can you say after rm there's jk's verse and he sounds really young in this i really he thought it was very really cute young, yeah he pulls it off he flaws he does i i really like his verse i think it maybe might be my favorite one but he talks about a lot of like brand names which is rm did as well and he sounds really cool when he says list them all off i think and then he says this isn't my first time rapping so um so yeah clearly he's uh, he's a skilled rapper and then Tate comes in and he talks about, he sort of name checks all of the current rap line. I don't know whether he's getting at this, but I've heard a couple of times that he initially maybe was meant to be part of the rap line. And then he sort of switched with J-Hope. So, and he does say in his verse, he says, Hobie's in front of me. He's getting nervous now. Ah, say, like, right. I'm moving up to, I don't know, I'm, com- I, like, I'm coming for you, Hobie. I thought thing. it just meant Hobie was next. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess Probably. it's sort of uh, how you interpret it, isn't it? No, it's on a postcard. Send us your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think it's about how he was meant to be that line, <laughs> no. And then he says, my debut dialect is alive, despite him not being part of the rap line, because Yungi's in rap line, and he's also from Daegu. And it all just descends into... Oh, no, then there's, there's Hobie, then there's chaos. Yeah, there's Hobie's verse. Uh, so Hobie goes on about this being a skit in our music and even being the hip-hop that Gwangju gave birth to so uh, I think Hobie's verse is weaker than JK's verse yeah JK it's not and maybe even Jay's verse yeah I do think Hobie is nervous yeah maybe Jay was right yeah he's about to be kicked out of rap line (laughs) (laughs) I think we're uh we're happy with that decision overall aren't we in that that Hobie can be rap line and take and not be (laughs) yes I think Jay's brilliant in vocal line yes he is and Hobie's a good singer as well and then Jim comes in, um, where he opens his verse 
with saying, my name's Jin, I'm the most handsome. And then he, he says some other stuff and the other members are like, are you like, are you done? And then he goes, yeah, so my name is Jin and my stage name is Jin. <laughs> Jin. Yeah. He literally rhymes Jin with Jin, yeah. with Jin with Jin and with then, Jin. Yeah, and all the other members go, Jin! Like after every time he says Jin. It's very sweet. I, I laughed a lot. I thought it was funnier than Leon, but I think. I didn't think it was as funny as you did. Yeah. You were like, you came back and you were like, you need to listen to this outro cypher. (laughs) Jin's rap. Hilarious. It sounds so funny. It's so Jin. It is very Jin, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I liked it a lot. And then Jim and and, uh, his rap probably is the worst, I would say. Yeah, he says he's going to show the strength of the vocal team. And he says, my rap makes the vocal team wet their pants. (laughs) (laughs) Great diss from Jim there. Yeah, and all the other members sort of boo him out. And Sugar goes, I don't think you should rap, go away. (laughs) And then they talk about where they're going to eat. They also do pick up a couple of lines from No More Dream. They sort of say it in the background when it's one member's turn to rap. They sort of come up with a couple of their lines from No More Dream. So that that was cute. Well, we had a back and forth about this, didn't we? About whether it should be included for the awards. Oh, yeah. And agreed that it would be included for the awards. I don't think anyone's going to choose it. I don't think it should be. Yeah. You don't think so now? (laughs) There's nothing to say about it. But we can leave it in there in case you want to take Jin's rap. Yeah, as my best draft. Yeah, it's there. It's up there. It's up there. Well, uh, we'll see. Natasha, any thoughts on the outro? Just a bit further off where you left off about my rap makes the vocal team wet their pants. It's a bit where they all start chanting migrate, migrate. Oh, yeah. Is Emin, Emin, which obviously sounds like Jimin, Jimin. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. It would have made more sense if Jimin would have rhymed Jimin with Emin. Yeah, maybe that, that's not his That's what they were trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, tell him, not, please don't rap anymore. Shall we move on? On the start line, oh. this is one of two hidden tracks. It's a skit again. But it's a really nice one, I think. So it's just RM on this one. He came up with it, or he's credited on the on the lyric side with Hitman Bang, and it was produced by Hitman Bang. And it's a very personal account from RM on sort of trainee life and sort of his thoughts and, and feelings right before they debut. I, I think like the first skit, it sort of um, cements that they want to be authentic and sort of show off a, that their actual thoughts and feelings, right? So, uh, so yeah, he starts off by saying trainee is a term that defines my existence, but at the same time, it's a term that I can never truly explain. And it's a state of transition where I can neither belong anywhere nor do anything. And he talks about how his family and friends kept asking when he was going to debut, but he didn't have any answers for them. And he talks about how he's sort of getting criticism by producers and teachers, and he is overwhelmed by the realization that I am nothing. That I am Aww. as inconsequential as a speck of dust. That's where you get the sea references, right? When mm-hmm. they come in with the specks of dust about the desert and the ocean. Yeah. It is as if before me lies the bluest ocean, and if I turn back, a vast desert. Even after I debut, new oceans and new deserts will likely await me. Yeah. So it's sort of a, a realization that even after it's been challenging to get here. And they want something so badly, but even once they've got that, mm. the work's not over, right? Yeah. yeah the challenges exactly. are not over. So it's a really introspective skip, I think. And he says at the end, he says, I'm not afraid because what has made me and who I am are the oceans and deserts I have witnessed until this moment. 
And he finishes by saying, I will never forget the oceans and deserts I have seen because I am a trainee. So it comes full circle. Yeah, it's nice sort of reflective moment that I mean, I think maybe from the first few tracks, you maybe wouldn't expect, but then you get it if you buy the physical album and you sort of buy into the fandom in that way. But yeah, I like it. It's nice. I think I could use the skit as uh, bedtime noise. It's obviously all in Korean. Mm-hmm. So I think I could. I think it'd be perfect for. Yeah, like white noise. White noise. Oh, before bed, too. I could just listen to two minutes of Aaron talking to me. In Korean. In Korean. Some music in the background. Is there music in the background? Yeah, it's like a soft beat. Perfect for that. It is, yeah. All the more reason to buy the physical album. Exactly. Shall we move on to Path? Yes. Path is the last hidden track. It was written by Arm Sugar J-Hope, Hitman Bang and P-Dog, and it was produced by P-Dog. And it's sort of, yeah, it's another one where they talk about their how they sort of made the decision to become an idol, and they call how they uh, connected with the hip-hop through their upbringing. And they talk about sort of what life would have been like if they'd maybe had, had chosen different paths, hence the title, I would think. Yeah, I guess it's another sort of track when, where their uh, authenticity shines shines through. Mm-hmm. And it's over sort of an old-school hip-hop beat. So RM starts off his verse by saying, it started with Eminem, Gary on Epic High, and sort of talks about how they, that's sort of how he got into into hip-hop. Yeah, he, he sort of talks about his dreams being tied down by reality, which is, I guess, a theme of the album, because they sort of talk about that in Normal Dream, right? How you sort of don't have the the time or the belief to sort of back your own dream. He had this one phrase that I thought was nice, where he said, my hot heart lost to my cold mind. Um, and then he has sort of had a word with himself where he sort of said, do you really have any plans to rap properly? Yeah, he didn't want to hesitate and didn't want to make a fool out of himself and having had these big dreams and then sort of not falling through on them. So then he came to, to Seoul to be a trainee. And then it ends on that really sort of beautiful line that comes out in English, which is some say art is long, life is short. But for now, art is life. Life is sport. Just do it. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it? Even though it's a bit of a Nike reference, but when they do the performance, they flash up the words, don't they? So you can see. Yeah, yeah, really nice. And then the chorus comes in with the vocal line saying, "If I had chosen a different path, would I have been any different?" Looking back at the choices they made to get there, and the one, and then they wonder about the the road ahead. And yeah, I guess it sort of echoes the the most recent skit that RM did, where he sort of talks about how he how he got there and what what trainee life has been like and then sort of wonders about what's going to come next after debut and then sugar comes in he talks about his trainee time he says the gray hair is an ambition and greed increase and the many friends i had split off one by one it's funny to think that he had gray hair and ambition at like 20 <laughs> but anyway <laughs> he might have done imagine how many he's got now yeah he doesn't have any now <laughs> yeah i'm a metaphorical gray hair right okay. obviously he didn't have any then right fine fine yeah. <laughs> it's about the stresses cars and the worries that car the cars the gray hairs that he didn't have at 20 that he doesn't have now oh all right okay <laughs> or maybe he did have gray hairs at 20 maybe, and now he just does them yeah we, we, we never know i've got gray hair <laughs> oh my gosh I pulled three out yesterday. What? Oh my god. Yeah, maybe he had grey hair. Maybe he did, you know? No shame. So then he says he's lonely without his family. I greet my third spring in Seoul alone. 
and then yeah he talks a little bit about the same thing that sort of RM talked about thinking that debut would sort of take away all his worries but reality was different and when my peers he says tried to help I walked the lightless tunnels on my own which sounds very sad but then he sort of gets on to how he can sort of rely on the other members for support where he says the bank from uh, the shoes yeah <laughs> i thought i was alone but i've learned that we are seven no longer barefoot wearing shoes called bank time <laughs> very sweet <laughs> little bank time shoes. <laughs> shoes i got my little bts sneakers on yeah oh <laughs> and then he greets his uh his fourth spring and souls that one's nice i thought and then hope he does a verse as well and he talks about how he came to Seoul in 2010 and started out just loving dance and I overcame many pains and scars to prepare myself I survived with my belief to bend not break and ran for three years and he talks about Bangtan again where he he says I carved Bangtan into a blank page that means the whole world I walk towards my brighter future and I put a smile on for the future days which I thought maybe sort of he's getting out his role as being the hope to the maybe. group yeah really yeah where he sort of yeah he put on, puts on a smile or maybe he was just happy I don't know I guess maybe what they're all getting at is how the group is is sort of what they see as making them strong and what's making them believe in and sort of happy and successful times in the future I think and then RM comes in to sing the last chorus. I know, um, more RM vocals. Yeah. Love. I'm guessing you appreciated that. I did. Yeah. I did. It was very <laughs> soft, very gentle. It was actually gentler than the vocals in Best of Me and Outro Her. Mm. So it was a lot softer. Yeah. I felt that. Yeah, it was. Do you have any thoughts any beyond the, uh, yeah. the grey hairs? How did you feel about Path compared to C? Um, well, when you said there were hidden tracks on this album, I didn't actually know. Today, I was like, oh, I've still not listened to it. So then I went and listened to it. I'm like, I know this song. But like, on, um, I listened to it on SoundCloud. I have a lot of BTS songs that I listen to that are just, that I've like listened to it. I'm like, oh, I like this song and not been like, oh, what album is this song from? Or mm-hmm. Whatever. I've just... Oh, I thought it was um, around time of year when um, they uh, do like a little song, either like a solo or like a duet, whatever the, the release. I thought it was just like one of them type of songs. Then I realised it's from this song. But I do really like it. I think it sort of lends the depth to the album, but maybe isn't. Well, it, it is there in No More Dream and We Are Bulletproof, but those songs are sort of so full of the like out there and angry bravado stuff that maybe it's sort of how you you wouldn't necessarily sort of stop and think about the lyric as much and then like obviously it's nice but it's about the the pretty woman and then this one maybe is this the most reflective that they get in in sort of in song form on this album i think and there's not really many performances of path there's one where they stand oh. on the platform that one's all right but <laughs> yeah there's no, no where they have uh, their words up. yeah there's no really not any choreo really to speak of so, uh, so yeah, I think that's us with um, with Too Cool for School. So we'll get back to the overall album grade later. But yeah, before we do that, let's talk about Wake Up. Right, so are we ready to talk about Wake Up? We are. Wake Up! Wake Up! So Wake Up is a Japanese album it's the first japanese album that they did it was released on the 24th of december 2014 in japan and peaked at number three on the japanese charts so as i said at the top we're probably only going to talk about the three original songs of the album which the first one is the stars 
And The Stars was written by RM Sugar J-Hope, P-Dog, and a Japanese producer, I think, whose name is KM Market. And he also produced it. And he also does the, the intro. So when someone goes, uh, yeah, it's your man, K to the M, baby, mm. that's, that's KM Market. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I thought these lyrics were a little strange. Didn't know how to get too much out of them. Maybe it was the translation that was a little off. But yeah, I mean, it seems to be in the same sort of style as the Too Cool for School. It's about following your dreams and never giving up. Sugar talks about that in his verse and life has ups and downs and there will be setbacks, but that's natural. And Hobby's verse is about creating harmony and getting through the tough times together. So kind of the same as Path. And then RM's verse is about how money and fame doesn't automatically lead to happiness, I think. And you, your money can't buy your dreams. Also, he kind of alludes to. So, uh, so yeah, and then the chorus goes like that shining star light up as if you're going to disappear, which I think, yeah, that, that is fairly poetic. Because, yeah, stars do shine brighter and then they die, don't they? Mm. Like a supernova. Yeah, right. like a supernova. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, I guess that's what I thought it meant. I think from, from stars I got, like, early microcosmos vibes sort of links to the yeah. universe about looking up and the ability to look up and and see something you know shining and think about your future and your yeah dreams and sort of have a goal I guess so but I really like the um the line that's in English which is we want to get money we want to get the fame we want to get everything but we still feel the same which was sort of that like you said wanting to achieve things but them not necessarily giving you the feelings of happiness that you think you'll get mm-hmm. if you achieve them yeah i like that too and i thought it was impressive that they can jap- rap in japanese as well they do that on all the japanese songs but it doesn't stop it being being impressive yeah um i, I like when they go job it's <laughs> <That bit laughs> fun <laughs> and then it's uh, an early uh, growl from tay i also wrote when he goes all night long no 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 all night long yeah that i like that bit as well so um so yeah right performance wise (laughs) there's no uh there's no choreo for this but from uh the performance i found which was from their 2015 tour of japan i think that was the first japanese tour they went on um i wrote that my highlight was the jimin and rm best that they wore they really like low west <laughs> yeah it was nice it was it was good and jimin had this eyeliner and kind of cutesy flirty vibe which you know that's that's some um, bad and so my jimin comes down to the crowd right yeah 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 so that's that's nice right should we move on to the next one we will talk about is line part two it's actually like part two i don't know why they've called it line exclamation mark that they have on the japanese version and it's called ano bashode which means at that place um and this one was written by rm sugar j-hope and slow rabbit and it was produced by p dog and slow rabbit and it is like i said at the top it's the uh, part two to like which we've already talked about they talk about the like button some more so sugar says your friends click the like button but before that I see you look good so in this one I guess he knows that she looks good before all the friends come in and click like so that's a change 
so the girl is now single she's no longer with the boyfriend that you know sugar's girl had and he wants to eat with her again at the place oh yeah that's that's sort of what his verse is about and then he's yeah he's still crazy about her and you're still cute and you're still a dazzling girl he says oh yeah and then arms first comes in and it's much more pensive i wrote so he thinks about their memories and every time I feel like clicking the like button, I call you. <laughs> and then on stage, they do the little phone call. So uh, so yeah, when they perform on stage, I don't know why they do this, but they sort of line up in, as like two doorways. Like two of them, yeah, to create a little house. Um, and then Aaron sort of goes through the door. And, and then Jimmy's got the phone. Yeah, Jimin makes a phone from his arm and then, like, arm picks it up and answers the call on Jimin's arm. Yeah, and it's... And it goes, brrrr. Yeah, and then it goes, mush, mush. <laughs> so, uh, it's silly. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's cute, but silly. And his girl now does have a boyfriend, it seems like. Um, so he wants to meet, but she has a boyfriend. So then he goes, the burning love flows like water. The spring is far. The winter days flow again. Which, you know, very RM line. Very RM. Yeah. yeah. And then J-Hope comes in at the end with a verse that sort of doesn't tell that much of a story. But at the end, he sort of talks about how the time has increased the difference between the two of them. So he doesn't really seem to think that he does want to get back together with the girl. He sort of like a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> Just to sort of check up on what she's doing. So, yeah, that's that's like... I really the... liked the... I think it really put it... <laughs> into the early noughties with RM's line about too many memories pass through the LAN cable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, through the, like, LAN internet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Also, yeah. you'd have to come off the internet to use the to phone. Use the phone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really sweet that you'd have to... Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the chorus goes, at that place, we'll meet again, he's still crazy about her, you're still cute, you're still dazzling girl. Yeah, so that's the chorus. So yeah, I mean, there is choreo to this. They performed it, well, they performed it as part of the Japanese tour, and there's also a uh, a dance practice, which I know you're, you're fond of, Natasha. Mm. Yeah, it came, out, um, it came out in 2017. It was like a gift to ARMY. Like, most people can notice that, obviously, they weren't the same clothes as, like, dance practice, so they're like, ooh, they've been saving this one for a long time. Oh, interesting. Changuk's like, sh- like, pretty much sheer shirt. Oh yeah, and um, his classic Timberlands. I can remember in like, probably like, I don't know if it, it could have been twenty sixteen actually for Christmas. You know, I'm like, what do you want? I like Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, why? I'm like, cause Changuk wears them. And then she's like, get these ones. I'm like, no, I need these ones. She's like, they're like builder's boots. He looks really cool in them. Yeah, he does. He pulls them off. That was like a classic thing for John to wear Timberlands in like 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, I am wearing them as well, to me. Yeah. His little, uh, little booties. Yeah. With his suspenders and his little pink hat. They look great. Yeah, they do. There's also that really great performance. Yeah. And the chokers. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's a good performance. Judy's not in a choker, to be clear. Yeah, I tr- I called it the choker performance on our notes, but not Which... all of them are in a choker. I think only... No, Judy is in a choker. It's got that skinny choker. It's got the skinny. Yeah, it's only Jin and Jungkook, I think, that aren't. Anyway, it's a good performance. I think it's from 2016, 
so it's not quite the same era, but it's cool anyway. So, uh, so yeah, are we happy with Anabashode, like part two? Yeah. Perfect. Right, our last song of the night is Wake Up. Wake Up. Wake Up. Um, <laughs> apologies for a terrible singing. Wake Up was written by RM Sugar J-Hope and this KM Market guy again and someone called Swingo. And it was produced by Swingo. And yeah, it's the title track from for this album. It's another quite like introspective one, I thought. Mm-hmm. So they kind of use the sort of wake up as a, as a metaphor for like working hard and keeping going. And yeah, they're sort of how, how they sort of need to keep going because of the expectations of the fans and the label. And, uh, and they sort of go on about how tired they are. And RM says, for you who are like a dream, more than my own dreams, I won't sleep anymore. So, yeah, he's sort of trying to say that he wakes up every day to uh, to work hard for his family, his friends and his fans. He continues to work hard for the fans and those around him. No matter how sleepy or tired I am, the morning won't change. So just keep on and on and on. And that's his, uh, his lovely little, little verse. And he also goes on about the haters, which I thought was interesting. And he says, if they tried living, they'd also feel tired. Then says, gotta kill you and gotta beat you, which I thought was different to his uh, his other take on haters from mm. Love Yourself Her, which <laughs> he's kind of sort of grown up to think like, actually, I'm not going to care about you guys anymore. Whereas now in this era, he, he has to kill them. He has, he to, has to take them on. Yeah. So that was uh, some personal growth from, <laughs> from RM then. And then we get the chorus where they say open your eyes everyone's waiting for you there's no time so we're gonna run hard i had a little think about all these people waiting and i guess you you know you have the fans but you also have the people at the record label right the people who have like invested all this time and and money and Mm -hmm. and sort of resources into to training you and uh and they sort of rely on on your success because basically if if you as the band make money then they'll make money and, and so on so I guess that's uh, a different sort of type of pressure that they'll also have on them when they sort of debut as an idol group. It's a lot for someone who's, you know, 21. Yeah, now some of them are even younger than that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah. Sugar talks about having stayed up all night again. Uh, he says, when everyone wakes up at 6 a.m., I go to bed. And says, even the music I like turns into a battlefield. And he goes on about saying that he has to postpone his hope of getting to play today uh, because today's crucial for my dream. He says in the end that on the stage, the moment when I'm uh, on it, I wake up. That's the meaning of my life with this step up. So he's tired, but he's working hard and he lives for being on the stage. So if like working this hard means that he gets to be on stage, I'm guessing he's trying to say that it's worth it. So yeah, and Hobie talks about how his body and mind are tired and the makeup that hides my face. We go on stage like pros. We get showered by everyone's cheers. I'm enchanted. And says, even my sweat falls to the rhythm because he's the dancer. So I guess he needs to do everything with the rhythm. I thought it was interesting that he says, I'm ill, I'm real, because he sort of, he's talked about his sort of level of ambition and his perfectionism as a sort of disease Mm. since. I think he mentions it in the Boy Meets Evil, the sort of intro, and then Disease, which is from 2020, so very recent. So yeah, but it'll um, 
it'll help him achieve his dream because he finishes the the verse with I can't rest at all so I'll fly which I thought was nice so yeah thoughts on uh, on wake up well yeah I think wake up I mean I really like the vibe of wake up it reminds me of a snow patrol song <laughs> that I used to listen to as my alarm that it's called just say yes okay and I used to have that as my alarm in the morning it used to be like just say yes and then like it starts the day on like a happy yeah like you've got this happy mantra that starts the day that's what wakes you up and you it sets the day up and when I was listening to wake up I was like oh I wish I would have had wake up in my life and getting these sort of happy lyrics about you know shining bright and taking on the day and feeling like you can conquer the things that you've got ahead of you even if you're really really tired Mm -hmm. so I I don't know if it it spoke to me particularly about the the actual struggles of like waking up and getting up and taking on the day yeah um even if that's not necessarily what they meant um I really felt like actually yeah this this song would have been really useful and really helpful in setting up the day and the sort of you know even the chorus the wake up open your eyes everyone's waiting for you there's no time we're going to run hard and sort of that desire to take every day fully a little bit how I feel when I'm at the gym when I'm like if BTS can can do the choreo for fake love you can run for you know the next 30 seconds yeah I feel like this would be if I would have been army when I was much younger I may have been able to buy into those vibes of like yeah if they can get up and do all this amazing work with their music then you can get up and go to uni or go and work your dead-end job or yeah just go through the motions I feel like it's I really liked it yeah I liked it a lot and I really liked the vocals as well I think the vocals on this are really beautiful Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Jane in particular he really shone I think that's the first time out of this whole when we were listening to all of them back to back it was Mm. the first time when I was like oh there's there's the gin vocal that I no, there's Jin's actual vocal. Yeah, I agree with that. I also thought I recently finished watching American Hustle Life, which is the show where they go to LA to sort of learn about hip hop from hip hop legends like Coolio and Warren G. And it's a bit of a tough watch. It's a little cringe at times, but it, it's fun as well. But in the end, they, they had these like tutors, Tony and Nate. And one of them said at the end that like, oh, I feel like what I've learned from BTS is that every day is a chance for me to like achieve something basically mm. so yeah i thought maybe that sort of is a is echoed in this song so yeah are we happy with uh, with wake up there's no real choreo or performances to talk about is there so uh so yeah i think we'll leave it there right awards time Woo-hoo. um <laughs> so yeah should we go over our awards guys should we start with best lyric do you want to go first no, um, yes, I will go first. So my best lyric, I actually doesn't have that much depth, but it is an RM lyric, and it comes from like, and it was because when I was reading through the lyrics, I really like remember being in that place, and I was so surprised about the lyrics from like anyway, and it was that you're not mine anymore. So why does it feel like you're the one stealing things from me? Ha <laughs> ha, you live just fine without me. Seeing you makes me sick, so have fun out there. And then it's that last line, which is, I swallow the curse at my neck and press like again. Shit. 
I just, I, so many times have I been in that situation throughout my life where I've hit the like button and then instantly regretted it. Yeah. So that's the one that I took. Nice. In the best that I could have had. Yeah. I'm taking it. I'm having it. It's coming with me. Fair enough. Okay. Natasha? Same again with Leanne. I've not really picked a lyric that's got really any meaning. Well, mine have got any meaning at all to it. The lyric <laughs> is from We Are Bulletproof. Oh. And it is My name is Jungkook. <laughs> 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 the nationwide scale. Nice. Okay. Definitely the Korean version is better than the English translation. Agreed. I'll not butcher it for everybody listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's strong. I'm happy for you. It is a cute one. I if like you're going to take any well. lyric, it should be the lyric that introduces JK to the world. Exactly. Yeah. It is the first thing he says to me mm-hmm. on the album. So, uh, the first thing he says ever yeah, to exactly. anyone as part of BTS. Yeah. So, yeah. Good one. Good one. I like it. I so, wish I would have gone with RM's first lyric ever said now. Damn. Right. Well, my best lyric, I thought this was a nice reminder of sort of where they started out and how they've sort of lent on each other since starting out so I picked the the Bangtan shoes I thought I was alone but I've learned that we are seven no longer barefoot wearing shoes called Bangtan which is from Sugar Sparrows and Path so uh, so yeah I thought that was nice it was like you know and actually it's foreshadowing for Bulletproof Eternal right yeah then there were seven but now they're not seven with us Mm. so it's fine but even when they were seven then they had each other and that was it was beautiful Right, shall we move on, guys? Best vocal. Do you want to go first, Tasha? Uh, yes. My best vocal is the outro to Path, where RM is beautifully letting us hear the song. Nice. 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 RM needs to stop winning best vocal. <laughs> yeah, he's too talented, that boy. But, uh, yeah, I chose... Jimin's part in We Are Bulletproof Part 2 when he goes like the high bit in the chorus basically before they say click click bang bang I think it's the bit where he talks about the stone it's the only like really singy bit in that song Okay, but uh, yeah I, I like it I think that sort of brings something to the song even maybe I don't know It like I think Jimin's grown as a vocalist since then mm-hmm. but yeah in that song he sort of gives it something that I don't know that any of the other guys could, so I picked that one. Nice. I um, I went for Best Vocal, I went for Jin in Wake Up, as I mentioned. Yeah. So the sort of, it's the second chorus in Wake Up. So the first chorus is JK and B, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it, but when the second chorus comes in and it's Jin and JK, mm. the vocal just feels a lot softer and a lot more heightened and just, I really like felt it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm giving it to that. I'm giving it in Wake Up. Mm. Yeah, Jenna's quite like an emotive singer. He does that even, I don't know, he maybe doesn't have the range of the Jungkook, for example, but mm. like he does have the emotion when he sings. So yeah, I can see that. Right, best rap. Natasha, do you want to go first? Yep, my best rap has to be Sugar's swearing in, I think it's like, where he goes, oh shit, are you thinking about me? Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like his high pitched voice is like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he does that well, the high pitched dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's good. So I, I was surprised that you didn't pick this. I picked JK's part and we were both for part two. Oh, nice. Yeah. The nationwide bit. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was a highlight. It's his little baby JK, 15 year old rapper coming in oh yeah so uh so yeah i thought i'd give credit where credit was due what about you um so i went with hobie in like actually nice. so and i think that's because of the softness of hobie's rap in like i think both of the boys are quite angry um mm. and then hobie comes in a lot softer at the end and you can see that in the lyrics yeah so that's why i cut my whip and i was drawn a lot more to the less angry parts nice Okay, best dance break. I picked the um, the solos at the end of We Are Both for part two. Yeah, so Natasha, no more dream. Oh, you picked the no more dream run. Interesting. Specifically, the run across the backs. Yeah, the bit with the run across the backs, just because JK's power and strength and oh, almighty. Yes. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that actually is an iconic move. So if you want the hat dance, yeah. you can have the hat dance and I'll have the German flip over Hobie. Okay. I'll have the start of Hobie. Fine. His popping and locking. Yeah. And then I'll have Jimin's flip over. Fine. Yeah. Okay. I'll have the hat dance. That feels right. So yeah, should we move on to uh, best performance? What did you pick, Rianne? Yeah, well, I've got, I've got two. Okay. Two, two that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think honourable mention has to go to the... No More Dream in Japan, okay, 2016, yeah. the last time you get to see Jimin's abs where it's okay to look at them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is an adult, so I I think that I was really surprised when we saw that because I wasn't expecting him to do the moves, and then he did, and I think he had really grown in his swag yeah. for that performance. Yeah. Um, but the problem was is that you've got the like part two choreo in Japan also Japan got a lot of really good performances mm. where they're wearing the chokers and they do that little slow hip thrust oh yeah mm-hmm. and I couldn't get that out of my head after I yeah. watched it yeah that's a good one yeah we didn't talk about the hip thrust I had it written down though um, it's a good it's a good, I had it it's a good move yeah <laughs> Natasha uh mine would be like the M countdown performance Oh, the first like part one. Yeah, part one. I think that was like a big comeback for them, so that's why they were doing like a previous songs, and they had a lot, of, a lot of M countdown coverage for that one. Oh, the stage for that one is good as well. Like, I would have loved to be in that like enclosed stage that's like so you're surrounded by BTS no matter where they are on stage. Yeah, I like nice. it. Yeah. Right, shall we move on? What was yours best performance? Oh, best performance. Yes. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> should we move on? Should we move on? No. Mine, I'd pick the debut showcase. Because it kind of has to be. Even what, though... With, with two songs? Yeah. Oh. Well, I picked the debut showcase. There was a shortened version of the first one. Mm-hmm. They did a shortened version of, of We Are Bull Brief. Yeah, it's, it's a little sad because you don't get the dance break, but it's, you know, it's the first performance. So okay, it has to be the best one. It led us to where they are today. Right, so uh, should we do best look? Do you have one, Leanne? Yes, I do. 
in line with keeping to the era i went with gin in the music video so we are bulletproof in the leather jacket for helping to cut through all the cringe that is in that <laughs> music video um early era gin very 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 handsome mm. it's before any of the boys have their glow up and gin just shines mm. and i'm so glad that he's there just to help me keep grounded and enjoy <laughs> the handsomeness of what is worldwide handsome so that's where best luck went it went to gin okay um, mine would be JK in line part two, just because of the Timberlands. The dance prank. Yeah, yeah. What about Junie and the suspenders? Oh, you could have done. Yeah, that is a nice look. But yeah, I think Jin deserves a shout. He does. He does. Jin looks great. Jin, Jin carries this era as the visual. He does. He does. He does. I picked um, Sugar Wars, the uh, We Are Bulletproof part two skirt. He's in a skirt a lot in this era, mm. like over the trousers, but the skirt is there and he raps about all this stuff in the skirt and he does the ab reveal and he still looks like really swaggy. So you you have to stand. You have to. No choice. You have to. I have to, yeah. <laughs> and when he's in the skirt, he's the bronze baby. He is the bronze baby in the skirt. Yes. Oh, I love so, uh, so yeah, my uh, best look at maybe sugar. Right, should we do the skip, the dreaded skip? Which is your skip, Natasha? My skip would be, I've put the stars. Mm. Yeah, me too. I also put the stars mostly just because I did not connect to the lyrics at all. I don't think it's a bad song. It's just, I don't know what it's about. And um, that's, I guess, what I'm trying to figure out through the podcast is what the songs are about. So, uh, so yeah, I picked the stars as well. I, I quite liked it. I didn't pick the stars. I picked. I'm glad we had Circle Room Cipher. I picked Circle Room Cipher. You picked Circle Room. Cipher? No, I did. Did no. I so I, dis- I disagree with you so much. Circle Room Cipher is so good. I don't need it. <laughs> They're not ready. They're not ready to do a cipher. Hence, it's not a cipher. No, but like so additional insight. It can go. I don't no, need it. I, I love it. I think it's cute. <laughs> it's the only like skit. That when it comes on on my shuffle, I don't skip it. Right, anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> best song. My best song is Number Dream. I picked it because it's the debut and it's got a lovely message and it's got nice dancing and it's got the, the bronze baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a highlight. Uh, what about you, Natasha? I think I can pick it. Uh, line part. Line like part two, yeah, definitely one that I listened to first, and then we're like, "Ooh, like that," and then I actually found out which album it was from, and like delve into more about it rather than just being like, "Yeah, don't care." Yeah, I guess it's a savior for the Japanese album for you because you weren't back in on the others. <laughs> right, Leanne, the moment has come. Have you picked something? No. No. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. It is. I'm going to give it to No More Dream. Yeah. Yes, even though No More Dream does not feature in my best lyrics or best rap or best dance break or best vocal. It doesn't even mind either, look, Or best performance. Yeah. It no, doesn't it... feature across any of my other categories, no. but it will feature as best song. I think it is one from that era that I want, that I appreciate, even though the music videos are 
a little bit jarring. Um, we still watch them and we still enjoy them. And it's enough about where they're at in that era. And I wouldn't, I think ultimately I wanted to give it to one of the songs that I liked a bit more, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I could give it to one of those because No More Dream is too important. Yeah, no, I agree. I also didn't pick it for any of my other categories, but I think it's, yeah, it just has that sort of special place because it's their debut song. And yeah. And it came out on my birthday. Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah that's you should have picked it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely birthday present for you. <laughs> should we uh, pick our MVP, guys? Yes, yes, yes. Right, who have you picked, Natasha? I have picked Jimin. Oh, oh nice. nice. I'm glad. Because... Even though we can all say that the outfits were pretty horrendous, <laughs> I mean, it still looks good. Still made a way to, like shine through it and gets his his biceps and biceps and triceps out, and you know, yeah, yeah. Jimin worked hard for it, and also a bronze baby in this era. <laughs> beautiful bronze, baby. beautiful bronze baby. Yeah, he looks quite like tanned in this compared to the others. I think the challenge with Jimin, yeah, is that that Jimin in that era is not the Jimin that I know and love. Yeah, Jimin, that's Jimin pretending to be something that he f- thinks he needs to be. He should be, yeah, yeah. I mean, he cringes a lot when he looks back on this era, doesn't he? But yeah, I kind of agree. It sort of it doesn't feel like Jimin. I almost picked him because I do think you see him the most. Yeah, he's at the front a lot. He does all of his little dance solos and abbreviations and everything like that. He definitely stands out, I think. But yeah, I didn't pick him. I picked Jungkook. You picked JK? Yeah, oh, I, did. I did. <laughs> I picked JK. I, yeah, I went back and forth a lot. I thought Jimin's the one you see most. RM obviously stands out as the leader. I think Sugar stands out because he's the one that sort of pulls off the concept the best. But I thought I'd give it to JK because he does everything in this. He raps, he sings, he dances, he does a half dance, you know. He he contributes in every um, in every line and he's 15. And it's just really impressive what he's able to do. And I thought for that, he should get the MVP award from me. So well done, JK. Nice. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, who did you pick? I'm so excited. <laughs> Live decision making happening decision before making. in front of your ears. Yeah. yeah. Our gonna... eyes, your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Coming right into your ears. Yeah. yeah this making. is the process. I'm going with sugar. Nice. Right, I'm happy that he's No, I'm not. I'm lying. I'm giving it to RM. I want to give it to sugar, but I'm not. I'm giving it to RM. I'm giving it to RM for fronting. I'm giving it to him for his swag. I'm giving it to him for his soft rapping like. I'm giving it to him for the soft vocal. In Path, I'm giving it to him for the outro skit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving it to him for... And the hair. The hair. The hair, yeah. <laughs> and for giving up on, you know, underground rap and, and really sort of buying into the concept and really driving that and taking on that responsibility really early. I didn't want to give it to RM. Because I want to save my MVP for RM. Yeah, bias choice. Bias choice. I'm giving it to him. Nice. And then shall we give this a grade? I can go first. I thought this was 
a good place to start. And to be clear, we're only talking about Tsuko for school here. We're not going to include the Japanese songs in the grade. Tsuko for school, I've given it a solid six. Six out of seven? Yeah. Good place to start. Room for improvement. That's what I thought. What about you, Natasha? Well, mine's very dramatic compared to yours. Okay. okay. I give it a three and a half. You're grading on a different scale than me, I think it sounds like here. Just for the fact, I like the songs because of the nostalgia. I'm not a fan of the skits. And the only song that does it for me would be like... Really? A little bit of path when I do eventually go on SoundCloud to listen. Mm. It, it kind of annoys me because it's like they put good songs on hidden tracks and that just, oof. but rest of them, yeah. It's not a massive album, but like would be the only one that kind of got it up to a three at least. Yeah, I know, but like what bit that got it to a three and then everything else on top just topped if. <laughs> Wow. Typical for school sounds are going to come for you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm swayed by the fact that it's the first one. I think if we had to grade on a scale and you could only give six to one album, your grading would be a lot lower. Oh, yeah, definitely. But we don't. We you don't. You do whatever you want. Exactly. And I give it a five. Five, five. stars. Five stars, that feels, that feels good. Yes, five stars is what you would normally get if you went a band of seven. Because we do it out of seven stars. Oh, yeah. So five stars is still like, you're brilliant. Yes. But you're not getting the extra the BTS extra stars. stars. Yeah, you're yeah. not getting the extra army stars, but you can have five. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Right, that wraps our deep dive into uh, the first of the school era, which was Too Cool for School, plus three songs from Wake Up. So uh, I hope we all enjoyed that. Let's spin the wheel. Where are we going? The wheel. Oh, I hope we're going somewhere good. Okay, we ready? Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh. yay. <laughs> going we got to map, map of the, the soul. soul. That's oh. our next episode. Yeah, we'll she'll be back in uh, a couple of weeks' time with Map of the Soul Persona. So please look forward to it. Here's your reminder to use BTS to love yourself because none of this is a coincidence. I have been Christine. I've been Leanne. I've been Natasha and we have been Generation Generation BTS. BTS. Thank you so much for listening and please join us again in two weeks. Woo woo.